And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of Doing the Work, the newest show on the Back Home Network who's dedicated to covering IU women basketball. I'm your host, Kathy Amos, along with my co-host, Jeff Marlowe. And today we are going to discuss the number 12 Hoosiers victory over the number 11 Tennessee Volunteers. But let's start this show um, the way we start every moment, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And tonight, really, I I'm just going to say the end of the game when that buzzer went off for me was probably the Hoosier Proud ba banner moment. There was not just one thing I thought from beginning to end that you could point to that says, yep, that's the moment of the game. It was the end. This is the first time that the Indiana women has ever beaten the later the lady volunteers. And not only did they beat them, they beat them by double digits and on the road in a fairly hostile environment. So to me, I think the whole game and then culminating with that final score in the tip was our Hoosier proud banner moment. And as always, our Hoosier proud banner moment is sponsored by Homefield Apparel. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing line. You're Bound to find something for yourself or for a gift of anyone in your fin, family, or any kind of circle that you may have. And don't forget that we got holiday season coming really close. And be sure to watch out for next week with Black Friday. I am sure that Homefield will have some kind of fantastic sale for all of us. Still haven't purchased from Homefield Homefield Apparel? Please make sure and use our code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your first order. Again, that website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. And now, here with me tonight is my esteemed co-host with his magnificent basketball mind and wonderful IQ for us. Jeff, let's kick it over to you for Coach's Corner. What do you have for us tonight? Well, I just want to echo what you said about the win. I mean, to go into Knoxville and get our first ever victory over the University of Tennessee Lady Volunteers, it, it, I think it's huge. Uh, we came in tonight, like you mentioned in the opening, they were ranked number 11, we were number 12. So that's obviously going to help. As long as Tennessee can play out the rest of the year fairly the way we think they will, that's going to be a huge game when it comes time for net at the end of the year. But the other thing I really wanted to focus on was look at the newcomers tonight, especially Sarah Scalia and Sydney Parrish who came in tonight and I think showed why we wanted we Terry Morn and the staff want them, but also those of us as fans who were looking forward to them coming in. And as somebody, you know, who's your born and bred Sydney Parrish just, and we talked about it a couple of times, Kathy, during the off season that we thought would really play out was her, her high basketball IQ. And so for me, to see her make plays down the stretch. She made some key plays on the defensive end as well, not just the offensive end, but I really thought that the key tonight, it, it, you know, and then of course our vets, Grace Berger and Mackenzie Holmes also stepped up because it was getting tight. I had it down to 61 to 57. When it got there, I thought it was going to be a dogfight the rest of the way, but we were able to get ourselves and, and, and focused and reestablished and reasserted the people we really needed to have the ball. And, and we'll, I'm sure going to talk more about that as we get into inside the numbers and some of the expectations as we went in. But just a huge, huge win for Terry Moore and the players and the staff. Absolutely, Coach. So um, we should also point out for all of our listeners here that not only will we be mainly, of course, focusing on tonight's game, which was against Tennessee, we are covering a little bit and touching just very briefly on a few things from Friday night's game as well, since we have not had a show since then. So just to quickly recap for those listeners, um, maybe they didn't see that um, that game from Friday. That was a, a win as well. I was at home where 
the team took on UMass Lowell. Um, they won that game uh, quite resoundingly 39, I'm sorry, 93 to 37. So I don't think we'll probably touch on that a whole lot. Instead, I think we'll concentrate on the win tonight with Tennessee. Um, where again, we won that on the road, 79 to 67. So coming up for us tonight, we'll talk about maybe a little bit of things we saw again, mainly from tonight's game, but um, also maybe going back to Friday's game of things that we've now seen from the team that we've kind of gone as expected. We'll talk about things that have surprised us so far. We'll really start diving into the numbers again, concentrating on that Tennessee game. We'll hand out our game ball and Hoosier Hustle Awards and then covering any lingering questions that we may have. So for those of you here live in the chat tonight, if you are having lingering questions, start thinking of them, we'll start covering those later in, um, in the program. But first, let's kind of talk about things that... Um, one theme maybe that went as expected, Jeff, and if you have anything going back to Friday night that carried in tonight or um, maybe one from each, um, go ahead and lay that on us. What do you have? Well, first of all, since we're kind of hodgepodge, I apologize to everybody that we uh, got us a little delayed here. I was having some issues with my printer, but let's make sure we get some of our new music from Bob Thompson in here. Oh, good idea. All right. So as far as expected, Kathy, um, I, Friday night, they took they took care of business. I, I didn't expect them to beat UMass Lowell by 50, but I, I thought they took care of business. They played a lot of kids again. Kids got, you know, again, we saw Lily Meister uh, come off the bench and score 10 points um, in that game. Um, and then we also saw uh, Mackenzie Holmes finish with 17 in that game. So, I mean, it was it was an all around good game. Nobody played more than uh, 19 minutes in that game. And, and, yep. and 20 minutes. So it was a good, that was a good time. As, as far as tonight, um, it, it showed what I thought was this team is uh, going to be able to score points. And I think, and we missed some shots. We were talking about in our group text a little bit during the game that we were missing some open shots that I think will hit consistently, but they're going to be able to score. And defensively, they're still a pretty solid team. Now they are a little bit I think there are a couple spots where we're we're not quite as quick as we were a year ago, but again, the basketball IQ and and the system that Coach Morin has can help them with that. And so, I thought that tonight, as far as those things, you know, I was really pleased with those things. And again, like I said briefly in the in the uh, follow up there in the coach's corner, I just think that you know the kids that we expect to play well did tonight. The the Sarah Scalia's, the Sydney Parish, the Grace Burgers, the the McKenzie Holmes and Chloe Moore McNeil played fairly well tonight as well. And, and, and like they mentioned on broadcast, you know, Sydney may not be starting, but she really is almost a six starter. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think for me, I'll concentrate in terms of what went expected in both games really to me was, was the defense, um, you know, going back to the UMass Lowell game. I mean, you hold a team to 37 points. Clearly you're doing something right on the defensive end. I think they held, I don't have all my stats, but they held them to only 27% shooting for them um, for their field goal percentage. And then again, Tennessee, uh, you know, we'll see how they go the rest of the year, but I thought hold, holding them to only 67 points was actually quite um, quite great for our defense. Um, 
67 points on the road in as well. And, you know, they've got some, some ladies that can really put up some points. So to me, the, the theme for me that went as expected in both of those games is really on the defensive end. And again, um, which has been a calling card of coach Moran's teams for a while. And they really showed their ability and willingness to get down and dirty on, on defense again, in both of those games, um, causing again, a number of turnovers as well. Um, for both teams. So we forced Tennessee into 15 turnovers. So I thought that was, you know, when you're forcing again, a team of the caliber of Tennessee is at um, their own place into um, 15 turnovers like that, I thought was really great. Led to 15 points for us in turnovers as well. Anything else, Jeff, that kind of went as expected from either game, but um, especially maybe tonight that you want to talk through? Well, I just, not really. I just, but I will say this, that uh, maybe I should I should save it for the surprises, but the, the, we can move the, right to it. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that uh, the the um, the Horston girl not playing for Tennessee obviously was a help for us tonight. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we'll take yeah, a so break she... when we get. Yes, <laughs> we will. So I, I, luckily, I mean, we never hurt one, anyone hurt. And so it's good to hear. It sounds like she'll be back relatively quickly, but yeah, it worked uh, definitely in our favor tonight. Cause I think she averages around um, 16 points per game. So yeah. that was definitely a big loss, but um, well, with that, Jeff, let's just move on. What kind of surprises did you have from either game um, either the UMass Lowell game or tonight's Tennessee game? Um, surprise wise, I just, I guess the, the, we were a little more willing to shoot the three than I thought we might be tonight. Um, we shot, I was printing my stats out here. I figured out how to get my stats out, Kathy. Um, the, uh, we shot 29 threes. Now, again, I'm, I like the three, don't get me wrong, but I, I, I would have liked to see us maybe, I thought we took a few that were rushed. And so, but to shoot 29 threes, made eight, but shot 29 threes, I would have to put that in as a surprise tonight. If you would have told me we we're going to go on the road and win and really be in the lead the whole game. I mean, we really were. Um, uh, in fact, the last time uh, I was looking that up, Indiana led for 37 minutes and 27 seconds. So, you know, and yep. if you would have told me we shot 29 threes, I would have been, I would have told you we were probably playing from behind and we weren't. Yeah. And that goes <laughs> right into what my surprise was, but instead of the number of threes we took, it was actually our percentage. I, I really thought we would be a stronger three point team than we've shown this year so far. So I, again, I know it's, it's early into the season. Um, this was only our third regular season game and they let it up pretty good in Vermont, but now we've had two games in a row um, where we didn't shoot it really great. And in fact, in that, um, first quarter going back to Friday night game, we were 0 7 from three point in that first quarter, but we ended up tonight at 27% from three point percentage. And if you're going to shoot that many threes, 29, again, as you mentioned, I feel like that um, number needs to go up. And I really thought with both Sydney coming in as well as Sarah Scalia. Um, and then, uh, you know, what we've heard improvement from Chloe Moore McNeil, but those three in, in particular, I thought that our three point shooting would go up um, percentage wise. What didn't help, I think was probably, I don't think this is probably something I'm hoping that we'll see consistently until Mac gets that shot down, but she was 0 of three and none of them looked real comfortable for her either. Um, so that really didn't help the percentage. And then Garzon who really lit it up in the Vermont game was only 0 for one tonight as well. So we know that they can turn around. So is it um, something that when we get to, uh, you know, a major concern yet? No, again, it's too early in the season, but it definitely has been surprising to me that now that's two games in a row that we've had a relatively low, three-point percentage. Oh, we lost your audio. 
Are you still there? Sorry, I put it on mute because I was printing <laughs> something. I finally figured a way around my printer a little bit. Um, but anyway, awesome. they, um, um, I thought Mac's first two threes, I didn't really have an issue with. I thought they were taking in the flow of the offense. We were trying to lift the offense up. Her third one I thought was one of those I thought was a little rushed. But what you pointed out, if you take out her 0 for 3, now you're 8 for 26. Now you're getting back a little closer toward – you know, 30%. Again, I'd like to see the mates go up, but I thought most of them, not all, but I thought most of them were, were taking as good rhythm shots. They just did go in. Yeah. But again, there were some that were rushed. Um, yeah, I, I would agree that. with that. I thought for, you know, Chloe had some in that third quarter where she really came out, it seemed like from halftime and, you know, she scored eight quick points and she still had a couple more threes after that, that seemed halfway down. Um, so yeah, uh, for me, Max, and then I didn't think Garzon's was very much in the flow of the game either. It felt kind of rushed. But otherwise, I wasn't too upset with the slot shot selection, just that, you know, they didn't go in. And I'll steal one of my inside the numbers here, Kathy, the surprise for me. And I think this was part of something we talked about uh, through uh, the last show was we were 15 of 18 at the line. Yeah. 15 of 18. And that was not – we had not been shooting anywhere near that percentage in the first two games. So I was really pleased. If you look at the, at the even at the uh, Lowell game, the UMass Lowell game, they were 12 for 20. That's only 60%. So tonight they were 15 of 18 on the road in a huge game. Yeah. And that was something after the UMass Lowell game, I think that coach called out in her, her press press post game press conference um, was specifically free throws. I mean, cause I mean, it's hard to get upset with the team when they, they win again, 37 to 93, but um, yeah, that, free throw shooting was something that they definitely turned around and to do it on the road again was, was great. So any other surprises, Jeff, from either game or theme that you want to touch on that has been surprising so far this year? Oh, I, I just, again, when I, I really have no, I wouldn't call it a surprise, just more of what I thought we'd see kind of the expectation. go back to that. It's Grace Berger running the point and making good decisions. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, great. Well, we've already been touching on them, so let's just go ahead and transition to inside the numbers. So um, maybe we'll just concentrate mostly on the game tonight. I think that's probably, um, again, no offense to UMass Lowell, but it's probably more <laughs> um, significant of a game tonight and more indicative maybe of some of the things that we're going to see in terms of competition. So what's the first stat that you want to kind of talk about from tonight's game? Um, Got to make sure I'm looking at the right one. Five players yeah. and double figures. Uh, yes. Well, five players and double figures. I'm used. To, I'm so used to looking at the bottom of the box score because we've been at home. I, I want to keep going to the bottom, and it's Tennessee. Uh, five players and double figures. We got 16 uh, from Mac and Sarah, and then we got 15 from Chloe and 13 each from Grace and Sydney. So five kids and double figures. Was and again, when you're playing a good team on the road, your your best players have to step up, and they did tonight. Yeah. Um... I, I think for me, the inside the numbers number that I want to first touch on is probably um, our second chance points. Um, and that was literally a tale of two halves for us. So the first half, we had had 17 um, to their fives and second chance points. Really, we're hitting the rebounds, and these obviously go together, the, the rebounds and the boards. And Tennessee definitely came out, and that was clearly a point of focus for them at halftime because we did not get another second chance point the rest of the game. We ended up with 17 um, to their 10. So they definitely turned around and cleaned that up for uh, for themselves. But, um, you know, we did other things in the game that that wasn't the only thing we needed to rely on. So I thought, um, again, it was a tale of two halves, but 
we really hit those boards that first half. Um, and I thought that was really impressive to see. Yeah, and I'm going to go to another stat here and stay with the team aspect. 21 assists on 28 made buckets. Yeah. So 75% of our buckets came off assists. And, of course, Grace Berger led the way with yes. six. But you also had Chloe Grace and Grace Berger Cindy had nine. Oh, according to my stats from the from the box score that I printed off the IU website, they've got her for six. Oh, yep, you're right. I, that was my mistake. Well, I think <laughs> I think the TV said something about nine, but I think they were okay. off a little bit. But uh, but then Chloe yeah. and Sydney both had five, so you had so yeah. those three accounted for sixteen of your, or excuse me, seventeen of your twenty-one assists. Right. So regardless of the number six, nine, it's fantastic. Yeah. And we're on Grace Berger assist to watch again. So I think, you know, she's well on that pace of four assists per game um, that uh, she needed to be on. Uh, so what other team stats, Jeff, um, kind of jumped out to you during this game? Um, well, we, we we well I, yeah, we outscored them in the paint. 30 to 20, yeah. which I thought was a little surprising, but I'll go back yeah. to one you're talking about. We couldn't maintain the rebounding advantage. We ended up yeah. only out rebounding them 35, 33. And I don't know whether it was a combination of us getting a, a relaxing a little bit on the glass or, and, and I know Garzon played, uh, didn't play quite as much in the second half. Sydney's not quite the rebounder per se that Garzon might be, but, but and whether Tennessee just got that much more aggressive and hustled after him, we just, you know, we didn't, we fell off there and I, and, and that would be a little mm -hmm. bit of, of concern for me. Yeah. Um, I agree with that too. It is, uh, although I, I guess I was surprised more, not so much that fell off in the second half, but just because I think Tennessee generally like prides themselves on their rebounding. And so mm -hmm. I was actually more surprised with our first half <laughs> um, rebounding and how well we controlled them, especially with, you know, the inside presence they have with um, the gal that's six foot six, you would think they would have the ability to, to maybe do more, but boy, we were I thought we just had really great box outs there in that first half that led to all of those rebounds though. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I don't really have anything else. I don't think from uh, team stats. So do we want to transition maybe over to handing out our game ball and hustle awards and we can touch on any other individuals during that mm -hmm. segment that we want to talk about too. Cause I don't know about you, but I think it's going to be a pretty hard um, time tonight. <laughs> in terms of who do we pick because there's a lot of players but yeah. um let's yeah, let's, I, I, let's let's give it a shot and see how we yeah. go so we we might need some help from our, our um workaholics in the chat here tonight breaking ties i wouldn't be surprised but let me quit talking who do you who do you have for your game ball well first of all i'll go back to the umass Lowell game i had mckenzie as my my game ball for that what do you have yeah um, I also had McKenzie for that game. Yep. I thought that yeah. would be a pretty simple. I thought we'd go ahead and get it out of the way. Um, yes. Tonight, oh, wow. I mean, oh, I, I, I'm tough. I, yeah, I, I don't always want to go with the person that scores the most, but but you look at um, Grace Berger. I'll, I'll go with Grace here. 13 points, 10 rebounds, six assists, and two steals. And she did yeah. commit three turnovers, but I, I'm going to go with Grace Berger here. Just because I felt like she made a couple of plays down the stretch that really showed her leadership as well. Yeah, that you know what? Um, <laughs> maybe I guess we don't need to tie at least on this one because I actually wrote down Grace as well. Um, I mean, she was just a couple assists away from a triple triple, a triple triple, 
Oh boy, that would have been amazing. A triple double. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it was hard, but it, what it came down to me, Jeff was exactly what you're talking about, which was the leadership that she showed, which again, is so very grace. It was quiet leadership. And I thought the perfect example of that was in that fourth quarter, you know, when we were, we were, you know, I wouldn't say milking the lead, but we clearly were trying to slow it down and, and eat some of the clock up. And, um, she had the ball out on the perimeter and I can't remember who was standing at the top of the key, just wide open, asking her like, give me the ball, give me the ball. And Grace, like, she just kind of waved her away and, and just ran some more clock. And I thought to me that showed a lot of poise and leadership, not to just, you know, throw it to her because she was wide open, but there was still quite a bit of time left in the shot clock. And I thought that's what we saw from her the whole game. Um, it didn't always show up in scoring. I know she did get us off with seven points to start us off. You know, she scored our first seven points and then she went, I, I guess you can say cold in terms of scoring, but I thought she was doing so many other things. She was finding McKenzie down low. She was finding her other teammates. You already mentioned the steals. Um, and I don't, you know, it's hard to get mad at the three turnovers when, you know, she hasn't been a point guard all of her career. So for me, yeah, I gave my game ball to grace as well. Yeah. I did too. So I, so tonight Grace gets the game ball for the Tennessee game. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's uh, move over. Maybe this is the one where we might have a little more um, conversation or difficulty, but let's go to the hustle award. So who did you write down for this? Cause I really did struggle with this one. I think I, there's I, about three or four different players you could give this to you. Yeah. And especially, I guess, if you would consider that you have to take grace out of the equation here, since we just gave right. her the game ball. Um, I went with Sydney Parrish here, 13 points, four rebounds, five assists, two steals off the bench. But one stat that really jumped out to me here, Kathy, and we don't talk a lot about this. She drew seven fouls on Tennessee. And that, wow. that to me, that's, and that led the team by far tonight. And, and sometimes obviously you got to get the benefit of the whistle too, but Sydney just was, you know, the big thing tonight, in my opinion, for the first time really showed you why you wanted Sydney Parrish to be back in this program or in this program and come back home. Because again, I talk about all the time, the high basketball IQ, she's just in the right place, the right time. She's always making the right play. And she may not be the most athletic kid. And she may be, she was one of the ones I was referencing her to earlier that sometimes she gets beat off the dribble a little bit easier than we're used to getting beat. And so she's going to have to give a little and, and learn how, to, how, how to, to adjust to that. But I just love her game. I did when, I, when she was in high school. And I really thought tonight showed why you want the Sydney Parish that you saw tonight is a kid that's going to make us our ceiling as Jared always likes to talk about our right. ceiling is so much higher than, and, and it lifts our floor up too. And, and so I'm going to go with Sydney Parrish for my hustle award. All right. Um, I guess I, I'm remiss here. Who did you have for the UMass Lowell game? Um, UMass Lowell. Um, yeah. I, uh, I went with Lily Meister, Lily Meister, okay. 10, 10 points, um, four rebounds and, and a steal and assist. So kid off the bench that, you know, double figures. I don't know who'd you have for Lowell. I actually had Sydney on, on that game. Um, it, it, mainly because of, I just liked all her hustle and a lot of the intangibles you were um, throwing out there. So we'll just, you know, we won't dwell on the UMass Lowell game. Um, so originally I wrote down McKenzie for this, the Hoosier hustle award tonight, and I'm going to go ahead and stick with her for tonight. And here is my reasoning. So, um, you know, she tied the, the team with points, but to your, you know, to, 
pardon the pun, to your point earlier, it's not always just about points. And, you know, as one of the themes we had started to hear coming out of, you know, from coach and others coming into the season was how McKenzie was still, you know, a little bit about not quite into game playing shape coming into the season and um, that, you know, she wasn't quite where her cardio needed to be. And then, you know, she turns around and ended up playing 34 minutes this game. And they were hard minutes too. And they were hard fought. And, um, and I liked her for her defensive end on the, the floor. And I thought you could really see a huge drop off in our, our post defense or our, um, paint defense when she went out and either Alyssa Geary or, um, Lily Meister came in. Uh, I thought they, they tried and they did their best, but Alyssa Geary and Meister just could not handle, um, Tennessee down low. And I think it, with that McKenzie ended up with 34 minutes and in, in new. So, um, but I was on the fence between her and Sydney and I, um, trying to watch a little bit in the chat here. And a lot of people I think are, are also voting for Sydney and I have absolutely zero. I'm not going to argue about it because that first half in particular from Sydney, I thought was just amazing. She was on the floor. She was diving for ball. She was putting her body in the way she was just going down low and rebounding and just doing all of these little things um, to really pick the team up and just came in and gave us fantastic minutes. And, you know, 13 points off the bench is amazing. So I'm perfectly fine saying that Sydney, Sydney Parrish was the, with the hustle war for sure. Yeah, and there was some support for Chloe Moore McNeil, too. And I think yeah. we need to point out that Chloe had 15 points, two rebounds, five assists, and three steals. So, I mean, this was not an mm -hmm. easy choice here as well. And, and you talk also Sarah Scalia with 16 points and four rebounds, but only one assist and one steal. But, again, Sarah Scalia, I think, showed tonight why you wanted her in this program, just because she had a couple shots that were, were you know, when they we were, were struggling. Yes, very. there you yeah. go, key. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm totally, we can give um, homecoming queen award as John mentioned it here to, to Chloe Moore McNeil again, for those of you who maybe didn't pick up on it, Chloe is from Tennessee. There was actually two former um, players from her high school on Tennessee's team that right. she was playing against. So it was really kind of a cool moment for her as well. And, you know, you know, Chloe came out in that third quarter in particular, and if we could give a hustle word just for the third quarter, I'm all in on Chloe, right? Like she scored eight points within pretty rapid fire she hit those back-to-back -back threes she ended up going three of eight on three pointers um she had five assists and then yeah her steals led the teams and steals with three so chloe on her d again i thought was just really spot on she got her hands in there even and you know the three steals is probably even like because i think there were times that she got her hands into you know when they were driving and just disrupted some of the tennessee drives as well um well and yeah yeah uh, kind of stick with this theme though well, I'll wait. We'll come back to it. It's not really a lingering question, but 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 you brought up a good point, Kathy, that, you know, with Mac playing 34 minutes, I was looking, you know, we had th four kids play over 30 minutes tonight and Sydney Parrish was at 27, 28. So a lot of minutes by your key kids tonight. And I and again, I'll come back to it a little bit later as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we move on to lingering questions, though, Jeff, um, we've talked about quite a few players um, already um, in terms of individual stats. The one person we haven't talked a whole lot about was um, Yarden Garzon. So what were your thoughts on Yarden's play tonight? Uh, I thought she had a hard time getting going. Um, yeah. She got, in a, got that second foul in the second quarter. But even then, I thought she was not that she that it was she was overwhelmed or anything, but just have games where you just have a hard time kind of getting into a rhythm. And I thought that yeah. looked like Yarden Garzon tonight. Um, yeah. She only took six shots. Out. 
Yeah, she and and, and well, yeah, she ended up fouling out um, and Garzon, but she only got six shots and and didn't get to the line, only had one rebound. So you just kind of felt like she never got into the flow tonight. And that's going to happen with a freshman. And even yeah. though for somebody who's played as much basketball as she has, I, I one thing I was wondering a little bit watching the game, Kathy, I want your opinion on this as well. Uh, uh, so while well, I'm kind of asking it, maybe the, because it was a pretty physical game tonight. All right. Yeah. Do you think, I, I kind of thought maybe, even though she's played some professional ball in Israel, I wondered if maybe the physicalness of the game got to her a little bit. Yeah, that's what I was wondering too, Jeff, because it just seemed, and it was, and, you know, I, and, and, you know, we've been watching women's basketball for a little while here. I, I do feel like they don't call the fouls. If you're used to only watching men's basketball, I feel like sometimes you're going to get a little more tighter called games, um, fouls called in those games than you do on the women's side. I, I, for whatever reason that is, you know, there was a time I thought Yarden got, was going up for rebound. The two girls were going after it together and Yarden was literally just thrown to the ground and there's no call. That just seems to me very typical. And I'm wondering if, and again, I don't know what play is like for her when she played with the Israel team. So maybe it is just something she was not quite ready for because they definitely wasn't as physical those first two games, three counting the exhibition as we got tonight. So it could have been maybe a surprise for her, but yeah, the flow just didn't seem to be there for her tonight. You know, she had um, one nice rebound, a couple assists and some um, some blocks, but it just didn't seem like she could, like you said, quite get in the rhythm of the game tonight. But I think well, and, her basketball IQ is so high um, from what I could see. This, that one assist, I, a couple of her assists, I just the, they stick out to me because it was like, oh, gosh, that was just such a smart play. I think that by the end of the year that this game will uh, be an aberration for her. I think that she's really going to come along. Yeah, you answered Quang's question pretty well because he asked in the chat oh. or in the workaholics, <laughs> what, what, what do we think of that play? And I, I, one thing I think sometimes, I think they're almost too quick with the whistles at times in the women's game. Like in that case, yeah, I would have liked to see them let them fight that away, see if somebody could come up with it. Now, again, Garzon gets, ends up getting thrown to the floor and it looks bad. But I think sometimes in the men's game, they let that go a little longer. That's a case where they let it go a little longer. Whereas I think sometimes in the women's game, they almost bend over backwards to try and let a flow get going. I mean, how many times you and I've been on an assembly yeah. call post game show where we've talked about, there's never, there's not a rhythm to the game that game tonight, at least the first quarter, second quarter, I was think that was flowing pretty well. And it went pretty quick. We didn't, yeah. go, we didn't see endless trips to the line, anything like that. So, um, but I also wanted to bring up Kathy, I'll bring this to you. And this kind of comes from yeah. Joel's kind of a question comment Joel made, and I was going to bring it up as well. Um, what did you think about the adjustment? Tennessee really kind of threw us for a loop or, or at least seemed to catch us unaware when they went to the 2-3 zone half-court trap. They, they, they extended out the 2-3, trapped out of it, and we really seemed to struggle with it for several possessions before finally figuring it out in the fourth quarter. Um, that's interesting. I guess I have a different take, Jeff. I thought that we handled it pretty well because, um, again, when I watched Ohio State and Tennessee play, Tennessee ran that two, three, um, zone quite a bit against Ohio State. I thought that we actually handled it, you know, outside of maybe the first possession when they went to that, that, that zone in the, the third quarter, you know, we clearly had a game plan. We were hitting the 
lady because that was actually one of the times I remember Chloe. I thought she seemed really vocal tonight, by the way, with Chloe. And mm -hmm. she was, I think, getting trying to get Sydney Parrish to go to the top of the key. Um, and she's like just pointing at her, pointing at her. And as soon as we started doing that on a consistent basis, they they switched and went back to man to man. So I guess I had a different take than you know, I, I thought, you know, outside of the first possession or two at that zone, I thought we handled it really well. I thought we played around the perimeter against it the first five or six possessions and we okay. kind of settled for the three. And then once they finally started getting to the, where you want to attack that on, and it's easier said than done, but where you want to attack is what they eventually got to. They got to the middle of the lane, the free throw line right in that area. And they attack that. Once you can get it there, now it begins, you either got knocked down that shot, which, which was not the yes. shot that, they, which was the shot that the that Tom Crean wanted them to take against Syracuse in 2013, and Cody wouldn't take it. Which you can right. have the whole question about whether it should have been Cody in that spot. But you got to put somebody in that spot who's going to be able to knock that shot down. Or now you can kick it out backside for the three. Or when they come up to attack, now you open up somebody on the baseline. So that's where you got to attack is in that middle. And I think they were trying, they wanted to do that. They just weren't effective at the first five or six possessions. Then in the fourth quarter they got a little bit more patient with it. They didn't just settle for the first good shot. And that's kind of in that third quarter. I thought we got a little happy with the three and, and, and took some, they were open, but I thought you could have got them later in the shot clock. Could have basically got that same shot later in the shot clock. That's why I didn't like those shots there. Gotcha. Um, but in the fourth quarter, they did that. They, they went, they got into the high post. The other part I couldn't believe was they were making a run on us. Terry took a timeout. Coach Morton took a timeout. And they came back out and go man to man. I'm, I'm, yeah. Thank you. I would have stayed right. in the zone until we showed we could solve it. I mean, or vice versa. Shot six, right. Yeah. We or vice versa when they're, they're down like 10 and with two and a half minutes to go and they go back to zone. I'm like, why, why of anything, wouldn't you be wanting, like, and again, you tell me if I got this wrong, you coach and you'd know way more about basketball, but to me, I would have thought you'd stay man to man and try to speed us up, not go into a zone, which seems to slow it down. But well, they didn't but seem like they're in terms. any big hurry at all to me in that last two and a half minutes being down 10, oh, Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. That, that to me showed a lack of game awareness. I, I'm not quite yeah. sure because they were even talking about that a little bit on the TV broadcast. And I agree. Um, and they were trying to trap. They were trying to press in the full court a little bit and, and trying to trap out. But we broke that pretty easily. But then right. they kind of fell back, like you said, into the back into the two three. I, I was really that's where you just got to chase and foul as quick as you can, or try to see if you right. can get us to make a dumb pass and go from there. Um, I'm going to answer this one a little bit, Kathy. Coach Tonsoni's yeah. in the in the workaholic chat. Send it out to you. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead if you want to. I don't know anything about what he's talking about, so you go ahead. <laughs> well, what we call here, and for those who are listening on the podcast, Coach Tonsoni's asking about the chin action. In basketball speak, it's actually kind of a it's 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 part of the old Princeton Pete Carrill um, offense, and where you lift the offense up. Generally, I used to run a version of it, some high high one four, um, and you don't have to run it out of a high one four. You can run it like uh, Benton Central girls up this way used to run it out of a high two three. But what you mean by high is your 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 the the free throw line extended is where you start is where the offense is. That's your lowest person if you're thinking down that way toward the floor. So you're basically lifting everything up toward half court. And what you do then is you throw it to a wing, and then the backside will cut through off a back screen. And that's what we you know again I'm kind of giving the chin action with my hand here, my hmm. my my gesture. That's where it comes from. A lot of the play call is just it's a chin, it's just chin. And but what it does is it takes, especially in this game, it takes size away from the basket and it allows you to get 
your guards, your wings, who may have a quickness advantage into some open space. It takes shot blockers away. And then it also creates and, it, and can create some mismatches. And, and it can be very hard to defend because either you switch it, all right, which if you do, you get the mismatch, or you sag off of it and help. Well, then that allows the screener to step out and be the release. You know, even if you're pressuring the ball handler, you step out and release. Or you get them confused and you get a wide open layup. So there, there's some really great action off of it. And like I said, Benton Central girls up this way run it a ton and, and do a lot of good stuff with it. But it's it's so if you've watched some of that old Princeton offense, that's where it comes from. But in the 30 second shot clock, you don't have as much time to run it through as many times. So you basically got one, maybe two times you can get it through. Yeah. Okay, cool. And that's our basketball corner for tonight. <laughs> we just added a new segment, I think. New a new take on Coach's Corner. Um, yeah. So, so Jeff, with that, though, are there any other statistic team or individual that are left on your brain that we haven't covered between our last couple of segments here? No, I think we pretty much covered everything I want to cover. All right. Well, let's move on to lingering questions then. So... What's your first lingering question coming out of either of the games, really? I didn't have any coming out of the first game. Well, no. I take that back. I was a little, I, I was a little surprised. Yeah. Surpri I guess more of a surprise question than a lingering. And we saw a little bit of it tonight that yeah. Lily Meister in the game against, um, uh, in the game against uh, UMass Lowell was the first big off the bench in the second half. And then tonight she was the first big off the bench. So makes me, you know, is Alyssa Geary maybe struggling a little bit to, to, quite grasp the system. I love her game. I really do like her athleticism. I thought she played well when she was on the floor tonight, but it was interesting that Lily Meister seems to have worked her way into that, you know, in, in, into more of a rotation spot than I think we thought would be when we talked about her in the offseason. Yeah, I, I, I was actually really surprised at that because, um, yeah, Lily Meister was seconds off the bench. She was our first big off the bench. So mm -hmm. um, going back to our, our, you know, surprise section, I guess I, I am a little surprised at Alyssa Geary. I was thinking coming from Providence, having started almost all of the their games for them, um, she would come in a little more ready to be able to get, get in and um, give us some great meaningful moments. And I didn't expect a freshman to kind of supplant her. But um, in terms of lingering questions for me, I, I'm still a little bit on the three-point percentage. And maybe it's a, a carryover from last year. Um, you know, we weren't great three-point shooting. And we've heard that a lot. We've heard it from the coaches. We've heard it from analysts. And we've heard it from even some of the players about how great we're going to be at three-point shooting. Again, super tiny sample size. So am I concerned? No. Is it a lingering question? Yeah, I think it's something that I'm, I'm definitely going to probably keep an keep an eye on for myself. Yeah, I, and I get that, but I just think we're, we're going to shoot more of them. There were times last year we were lucky if we got over ten shots from three. Right. So That's I true. think the more you shoot, the more you'll make. You know, the percentage may not improve a ton, but they made eight tonight. I mean, that's twenty four points. Yeah. So, but yeah. I get it. I, I I get totally where you're coming from on that one. Um, the other one I have a little bit is. Outside of the top six, you know, we only played three other kids and they totaled nine minutes, basically. And, and right. I know it's a tough game, road environment, but we were having this comment um, in the text, in the group text about about this, that my opinion was if you can find a way to get Lily Meister and Lexi Bargasser and Alyssa Geary, but especially those Bargasser and Meister time in the first half, you can find a way to give them a minute or two in the third quarter. You just need to get a rest here. And, and, and because I know they had grace for 37 minutes and I know grace Berger doesn't want to come out of the game. I love that part of it, but sure. 
I just would have liked to seen us. I just would have liked to seen us keep building that depth. I'm not saying they should have played ten minutes each. I no. just would have liked to seen us get a you know keep building our depth. And I know, I know a couple of people have asked me in text and stuff after games about you know why Keandra Brown isn't playing. She is out for those who don't know. She is out with an injury. My understanding is she had thumb surgery. Now I may be off on that. Don't get me in yeah. bad with the coaching staff. But I think <laughs> I, what I saw was that she had had thumb surgery. So. Um, so I'm not sure when she's supposed to be back. So that's why Keandra isn't playing, but you know, I, I, I just would have liked to seen us maybe keep, keep the rotations going and get those kids in for another couple minutes there in the third quarter. Then if they don't play the fourth quarter, I'm fine with that. Then you go with your, you know, you go with your studs, but right. I just, I thought, I, I, I thought a break in the third quarter would have been huge for a couple of our starters. Yeah. And you know, I guess I'm, I'm fine with the 37 for burger and it, and it doesn't sound maybe, I mean, Holmes played 34, which um, to me, I just would have liked to seen her get a little more rest. I I'm just concerned with the longevity of her throughout the whole season. I'm not concerned about her knee per se. I, I just, again, I hope we can find a way that um, we can get one of those or two of those other three ladies, as you mentioned, their, their names between Vargas or Gary and Meister, some, somehow to get get them more minutes meaningful minutes that they can contribute a little bit more and especially Gary and Meister because I just really think that Mac's going to need a little more help you know when we get especially to the grind of Big Ten season she's just going to have to be able to come out for longer stretches than she did tonight and so yeah that was my other lingering question still is kind of now the the bench still and I will say this that having talked with Grace last year on the Grace Burger show that typically and they don't play again until Friday Right. So I, I typically ter- coach Moran will give them the next day off. So they may come in and watch film and stuff. They may do some light shooting on their own, but as far as a full go practice, generally coach Moran gives them the next day off. Um, and they got to take one day off a week anyway. So that's why that makes some sense. So they don't, yeah. they'll probably get the day off tomorrow play. You hope Bowling green isn't really going to be a huge match for this team, but we saw Drake last night give Iowa all it could handle so you don't look overlook yeah you don't overlook anybody in the Missouri Valley or the Mac um and so and then you get Quinnipiac on uh Quinnipiac Quinnipiac I never quite figure out how you pronounce it but anyway (laughs) Quinnipiac Quinnipiac I've heard both ways actually and so but anyway we get them on Sunday so and then you don't play until uh Friday, I believe, after Thanksgiving. So, you know, but you go out to Vegas for that Thanksgiving thing. So you get yep. a few days. And if you hopefully get a lead and, and get more kids in like you did against Vermont and UMass Lowell. Yep. Great. Okay. Any Sorry, last I said, thoughts? I said Friday, Thursday. but I'm being corrected. Yes. Thanks to Richie and Joel. It is th- yes. It's Thursday. Yep. We'll talk about that here in our next segment. But before we move on to looking to the future, is there anything else that you want to touch on about either of the games um, Friday night or tonight, Jeff, that we haven't touched that are still on your brain? I, I don't have anything about Friday night, but man, I just, and if it doesn't come across in the sound of my voice, what a huge win yeah. for the, Absolutely. for the Hoosiers tonight and to go on the road. And again, I know this isn't Pat summit, Tennessee, but you went on the road into a pretty hostile environment, led pretty much the whole game, and you beat the team ranked right in front. Just a huge win for Coach Moore and the players in the program. 
Absolutely. And not only did they they lead almost the whole game, even when Tennessee were making a couple of those runs that they were making in that, you know, especially in the second half, they didn't even look flustered. And that was just amazing to me. Again, it goes back to the leadership, I think, especially from Grace. She just is so calm mm-hmm. out there and so collected. And it just seems to me to really exude through the rest of the team. And so I I I agree. This is this was really exciting tonight. And now I'm even more excited as we keep going through the season. I keep thinking I can't be more excited to continue watching our women play, but I, I keep somehow getting more excited for the next game. So that might be as a good seg- segue to go to what's next, um, both for our um, our women here as well as for our show. But first, let's talk about uh, the uh, next opponents. So the women play next Thursday. They'll be back at home. They play Bowling Green at 7 Eastern. Um, so I'll just read these a little bit, and then Jeff, you can talk about if you know anything else about I uh, Bowling Green. Rather, so we're five and two against Bowling Green all time. Um, the last time we played them was in March of 2009 at Bowling Green, um, which was actually W in the WNIT. Um, and the last game that was in Bloomington was in December of 2008 that we won um, that game as well. So Jeff, what do you know about Bowling Green? Anything that sticks out to you about them? I don't know as much as I used to. I, it was a team that a school that I kind of kept a little more eye on when I was coaching and I had, and, and they were also one that seemed to always pluck out a kid from Indiana. Uh, she's actually on the, uh, I used to have now and I, and, and I think she has a married name, but Liz Honiger uh, was a Lafayette Jeff kid who I'd seen playing up here this way in the Rensselaer area. And I'd seen her at Lafayette Jeff playing. And so kind of followed her career. And she had an excellent career over at Bowling Green and played for former IU coach. Um, uh, now we've got rated Kurt with uh for Kurt and 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 then they came back over you know and she came over here with him I think as an assistant she stuck around ever since then um but they used to be one of the best teams in the MAC and I don't know if they still are or not but again I don't I don't like to overlook teams in the MAC just because a lot of times those are kids who felt like they should have been recruited by Big Ten schools or offered by Big Ten schools and they want to come in with that chip on their shore like I'm going to show you why you should offer me rather than the kid you got in the jersey. So those yeah. kind of teams always worry me a little bit. Kurt Miller, is that who you're? Kurt Miller, thank to you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so then um, after Thursday, the women will, as kind of we we mentioned, will play Quinnipiac. I believe that's at home as well um, yep. on Sunday. That is an early game at one Eastern um, or noon Central for those of you like Jeff and I that are in the Central Time Zone. Um, and IU played them last year on the road um, on. September, not even close, November of uh, 20th that we won 67 to 59. And I'll remember that because I was traveling back home and I was watching that game on my phone sitting in the airport waiting for my next next flight. And it was a really close game actually at Quinnipiac. And I'm yelling at my phone and all the people in the airport bar were just kind of giving me weird looks. So um, I I very much remember that game. So those are our our next two opponents. Um, Anything on Quinnipiac that you want to touch on? No, not really. Yeah. But if I remember right, they <clears throat> they were close to or made the tournament last year. So I think they did make the tournament. Yeah, I, so, I think that game was a little that, that game ended up being a better win than people thought. Again, I think people look at the schedule and go, oh, well, that's a win. There are some good basketball being played. Now, the depth for the women's game may not be as deep as it is on the men's side in terms of some of the smaller the smaller conferences, the, the low mid, low to mid D1s. But there's teams like Quinnipiac that are going to make the tournament that you don't want to take lightly when they, when you go to their place, especially now you'd like to think coming here to our place that we'll be ready to play. I think also Kathy, I didn't look 
quote you might uh, let me know if I'm wrong, but I would imagine if if those games are on TV, they're on BTN Plus. Uh, yeah, I don't have my schedule handy with me. I'll, I'll double, either. I'll try to fact check as well. We uh, do last call, but, um, in terms of our show though, we will not be doing live post game shows after either one of those games. Instead, we will do actually a show on Monday evening, um, at eight Eastern seven central, if you can join us then, and we will recap both of those games at that time. So, um, anything else then on, uh, either of those next opponents, I don't, think so nope. so um other programming notes jeff is keeping us up to date still as well hopefully um, following us on twitter and um just search for doing the work but you can follow us there you'll find out when our next show is jeff or i hopefully um we tried to tweet during the game and add a little insight there but jeff really is doing a fantastic job keeping up to date on all of our former hoosiers that are out in the professional ranks um and how they are all performing um i yeah, believe I just add in I'll just add yeah. in here real quick, I, not to interrupt you, but this is one I posted in the community today. I didn't put it on Twitter. Um, Amanda Cahill's playing in Luxembourg, and, I, and, and I'm not sure why, because there are actually some games between now and then, but she won't play again. Her team doesn't play again until middle of December. So they got quite the layoff. But she right now, hmm. she's second in the league in scoring over there. She's fourth in – well, I take, take it back. I think she dropped to fourth in scoring. She's fourth in scoring, fourth in assists. Um she is averaging roughly 25 points a game. She's nine rebounds. She's shooting like 60% from the field and, and, and making threes at like a 47, 48%. So she's having an excellent year over there. Her, her team is in fourth place right now. So, but then the others like Tyra Buss is leading the league in Lithuania. They haven't played very many games. They went to like four or five games, but Tyra Buss is leading the league over there in scoring. Um, and then Lex and Lexi Golbe and Nicole Cardano Hillary are getting minutes, but usually not starting for their teams in Spain as rookies. And then the other one that we followed is Jory Davis is playing in Italy and her team's struggling, but Jory's playing fairly well. <laughs> okay, cool. So again, you can follow that on Twitter. Also, Jeff puts it into in the community uh, that we have. If you're not a part of that community, go to assemblycall.com and you can find out how to join our community there, which does a lot of great conversations around um, both women's basketball, men's basketball, but we have other sports that um, we, we dabble in over in that community as well. So Jeff, um, last it's last call. So tell us, how do you want to leave this tonight? Nice. Last call. Now you got to build off the win. Huge win. Don't have a let off. Don't let up. Go into this next game against Bowling Green and on Sunday against Quinnipiac. Take care of business. Blow them out if you can, but take care of business and don't you know, don't have this become one of those where you know Bob and I always used to talk about last game, next game. All right. Okay. You played well here. Everybody's going to be patting you on the back. Everybody's going to be on the message board. Everybody's going to be on Twitter about what a great win. Look how great IU is. And then you come out the next game and you lay an egg. No, this is a game where you, the next game out now is what you got to focus on. And I don't have any, I think coach Morin will have them ready to play. I don't think we'll see that happen, but that's kind of what you want to protect against. But yeah, I'm just a huge win and let's go out and get two more the rest of the week. Yeah, absolutely. I will, I will second all of that because you know, we, we got, um, couple couple games here that you know on paper look like they should be really easy but to your point like you just never know uh, Quinnipiac gave us everything we could handle last year on the road that who's to say they can't they won't come into assembly call and do the same thing again so we cannot overlook and just one game at a time um next to next so um 
So I think that will do it for tonight. So again, for those of you um, listening through YouTube or not, um, you can also follow us on our own podcast feed if you search for doing the work there as well, um, in case you um, aren't able to watch us live on YouTube for any any time. But you can subscribe to the Assembly Call YouTube channel as well still to follow us. So, um, But for that, uh, I think that will take care of us. So make sure uh, you go out and check out everything on assemblycall.com for both the men and the women's side that we have going on. I want to shout out a special thanks to John Ringer of Riggs Design. Uh, he designed our new logo. Uh, also, a big thanks to Bob Thompson. You heard the the musical bits that Jeff was uh, throwing in there that came from Bob. So thanks a lot to Bob. But thanks all of you for listening. Without you, we wouldn't be here doing this. Otherwise, um, it really would just be Jeff and I chatting, which would be just as fun. But it's so, so much far fun with all of you out there, both listening live and then later in whatever um, streaming service you choose. So until then, um, let's go Hoosiers and uh, keep your elbow in and your eyes on the rim and we'll talk again on monday after two more games i could help. i might end up being a producer somewhere you know i never know yeah look at that i <laughs> <laughs> hey, appreciate you carrying me a little bit tonight i was uh like no I said, we got this new we got this new router day we had got everything reconnected and, and the only thing i didn't think about was the printer and i went to print something off and was like can't find the you know network yeah. like, oh, man. so anyway so anyway um but you huge win huge win thanks yeah. to all the people who watched this live you know like we were in the mid 50s and the workaholics who were in the chat man great night you know yeah keep spreading the word we're only and we're, we're here because people like you and the workaholics and the people who listen on the podcast uh support us so yeah. Spread the word to anybody in Bloomington too, who can go to all these games. So, you know, um, I think I, I had read, I don't know what the, the attendance was tonight, but I think I read Tennessee, their women averaged something like 7,500, um, per game. So I'm sure they had a great crowd there tonight. So, and to that point, you know, I mean, we didn't really touch about this. This is our first game on national television and we go out on the road and beat a top 15 team. I mean, this is great for, um, for not just, you know, the women in terms of their resume, but it's great for the future, right? It's great for recruiting yeah. and for having all these but, young girls well, out there. We're seeing them on ESPN too. So, but wouldn't it have been nice to hear great. the announcers and the studio crew give us a little bit of credit? Oh my you gosh. Know, I'm, I'm right? sure we got a little bit, but I mean, it just kept, felt like it was like, well, I use winning, but it's more about what Tennessee's not doing well. I come on, you know, this is a team, and that's the part that surprises me about that. This is a team that's been in the NCAA tournament consistently. They went to the Sweet 16 last year. The final eight. Eight. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like this is a team that all of a sudden showed up in Tennessee tonight and winning, the, you know, and be like, oh, my goodness, we never heard of them. No. I, you know, so. Yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. It's just, I, you know. But it's I good for it. recruiting. Yeah. I guess, you know, it is whatever SEC network and stuff, but good golly. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Because they did bill at that at the very beginning of the, of the, show, of the game. They're like, look, M2, SEC basketball. And they're like, you're right. So, yeah. Good point. I should yep. know better. So anyway. All right. Hey, thanks. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone in the chat and anybody that listened later. Appreciate you all.